0: sons and hello brothers. time for the man podcast and we're uh, recording the podcast today from um, my son Daniel's home in um, Seminole, Texas. It's uh, about a half an hour from New Mexico, from the southern, southeastern corner of New Mexico, Seminole, Texas. I promised that I would uh, talk about crafting a holy life or tools to craft a holy life or weapons to war against sin. And I promised that I would explain six of them and uh, each one will be a separate podcast episode. And, uh, I will also post notes on my website, Ken I'll post notes for these. Um, I'll try to get them posted this week. Um, But we're going to go through each of these. Let me give you a list of them uh, so that you can kind of think in an orderly way. These are the six weapons to fight, to war, to resist sin. The six uh, tools to craft a holy life. So one is pray. Two is obey. Three is meditate. Four is worship. Five is love. And six is gather. Let's go over those again. They are pray, obey, meditate, worship, intimacy or love, and gathering. Each of them corresponds with um, something that we know about sin. Sin is variegated. It's like testings are various and temptations are various. Sin is independence from God. Sin is rebellion against God. Sin is unbelief. Sin is idolatry, and sin is adultery, and sin is isolation. And so you see, to fight against the sin, which is independence from God, you pray, and you exhibit dependence upon God. To fight against sin, which is rebellion against God, you learn to obey and submit to God. To fight against sin, which is unbelief, you meditate on truth, which is meditation. To fight against sin, which is Idolatry, you worship the one true God. The fight against sin, which is, uh, adultery, spiritual adultery, you, um, exercise love. You learn to love God and you, to experience intimacy with God. And to fight against sin, which is in the independent spirit, independence from God, you gather with others. So those are the six different tools, the six, six different tools that we will, uh, explain. Uh, during these six podcasts and uh, so now you have a little idea about where we are heading for the next six episodes or for the next six weeks depending on you know more than six weeks as I record an episode each week. Now before I go into detail I I probably should just tell you something personal it's kind of neat. The podcast idea has really been um, really, really encouraged a lot by my son Daniel, who's home. He's uh, I'm sitting in right now. He he's out working, but we're here with Kate and the boys, and just enjoying some time with them. And he'll be off tonight, and I think he's going to grill some meat or We're going to enjoy a meal to together tonight, some time, and we're taking a week's vacation to be here with them. And but Dan's on the road a lot in his job in oil and gas uh, transmission safety inspection and stuff like that. I probably didn't say that right, but he's on the road a lot, so he has time to download podcasts and listens to him and he's super interested in just having instruction on being a man, being a dad, being a husband. And uh, he remembered back some of the things that we talked about on our men podcast or our I'm sorry, our men's retreats. And so he often would say, "Man, uh, you know, where have you written that down or where have you recorded that?" That would really be encouraging to hear. So he really encouraged me to do a podcast. So, anyways me and the boys are a big reason and why I'm doing this. If it's helpful to them, I figure it'll be helpful to you. So let's pray. Uh, it's morning. I say uh, as I record this, let's pray this morning uh, that God's blessing will be on what we do here and that it will be a help to you, Father in heaven. Thank you for these men who are listening to the podcast today, and pray that this truth as they search the scriptures, as they uh, study the scriptures, that these truths would would uh, find a home in their heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Mark seven twenty-one through 23 says, From within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. 1 Peter 2.11 says, Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, passions of the flesh, because they war against the soul. So think of vices present in your life and think of virtues absent from your life and think of what David said in psalm 139 23 search me oh god know my heart try me know my thoughts see if there's any wicked way in me you want to identify the enemy and you want to do that by by using what i would call diagnostic tools tools for self-examination so in general the word of god is a diagnostic tool the bible says some like a mirror when you read the bible and compare your life what's present what's absent in your life uh, when you compare it with the bible and the Bible is a, a, a divinely inspired diagnostic tool which will help you to see the sins in your life you need to take aim at. There are lists of vices in the Bible and lists of virtues in the Bible, and these are useful f- as diagnostic tools. You can go to Galatians five nineteen through 21. Look at the virtues listed and the vices listed, the things that... uh should be absent and the things that should be present Colossians 3 5 through 9 again uh, a list Ephesians four, twenty-five through 31 again a list of uh, vices a list of virtues you have the list um, again in uh, is you know kind of already mentioned it but Galatians five, twenty-two and 23 the fruit of the spirit you can examine that prayerfully and uh, and and think that through okay what what fruit of the spirit should I emphasize? What what corresponding sin should I attack? You could study Matthew five, one through fourteen, the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount, and you could examine your life and use that as a diagnostic tool to diagnose sin in your life. You use a love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8, or anything in the Bible, hold your life up against the mirror of God's word. Listen to your friends listen to your enemies not the voice of condemnation but the voice of conviction which is helpful for a man it's a gift conviction is a gift look for anger look for gossip pettiness prejudice selfishness sinful self-indulgence look for dishonest words dishonest practices misuse of money sexual sin impure thoughts words that don't please the lord slothfulness, overindulgence, idolatry, sinful attitudes. Take aim at these things. In general, there are five things you want to think about. Thoughts, attitudes, words, deeds, and motives that are not pleasing to God. Think of thoughts, attitudes, words, deeds, and motives. Now, this is not an exercise in condemnation. This is an exercise in tenderhearted conviction. You, You open your heart to God, and you... Ask God to show you virtues that should be present in your life and vices that you want to weed out of your life. Things that are going to bring you sorrow. Things that are going to break your heart. Things that are going to hurt your family. And remember, you need to think about these things when you're tempted to sin. You're about to hurt people who depend on you. You're about to become addicted to sin. And to a, taking a step toward bondage or enslavement to sin. You're about to give Satan and others a means of accusation. Put a handle on your back, and he will always condemn you or accuse you. When you sin, you're about to damage or destroy your testimony for God and your personal reputation. You're about to discredit God. Your private sin is an open scandal in heaven. You're about to forfeit eternal rewards. You're about to break fellowship or your sense of fellowship with God. So Think about this. If you're going to have an enemy, you need to know who your enemy is. You need to know his ways and means, his tactics uh, and techniques. You need to hate, fear, and despise and see him as hideous. And you need to know the vices present and the virtues absent. And if you don't want to make a detailed list, just write down initials that will remind you in a journal. So you can craft a holy life. We do have a way to escape temptation. We can be partakers of the divine nature. Listen to what... Second Peter 1, 3 through 4 says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises. So through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature. Did you get that? Through them, through the promises of God, through, through the promises that God has granted, we can become partakers of the divine nature hear this having escaped the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire and then that's why paul wrote in first corinthians 10 13 no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man god is faithful he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability with the temptation he will provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it now, now let's get to at crafting a holy life. See sin as independence from God, and craft a holy life through prayer. So Jesus Himself taught His disciples in the garden. He said, "Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation." That's Mark fourteen thirty eight. So men, you you have to hear this. We tend to to be trite when we talk about prayer. Well, we could just pray an hour, and we prayed as if it it's really a meaningless thing in our culture. It's kind of becoming popular to say you need to do more than pray. Well, man, it is true you need to do more than pray, but let's not depreciate the power of prayer against sin. Now, let me suggest some different kinds of prayers. And again, there are five I will list today. Different kinds of ways to pray against sin. Here's number one. Pray acknowledging the sins of your forefathers. Uh, Pray acknowledging the sins of your forefathers. Men in the Bible that were great leaders of God, that were holy men, did this. Nehemiah did it. Uh, Nehemiah nine two. And the seed of Israel separated themselves from all the strangers, stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. They admitted that they came from sinful people. They had a bent towards sin. It's something they were good at, something you're good at, something the Pierpont family's good. We're good at sin. We're all good at it. And so we acknowledge that first. That's the kind of prayer. Pray, begin to pray against sin. Begin by acknowledging That you come from sinful people and that you are sinful people. Jeremiah said, We acknowledge, O Lord, our wickedness and the iniquity of our fathers. We have sinned against thee. Jeremiah 14, 20. Don't misunderstand. You're not responsible for the sins of your fathers. You're responsible only for your own sins, but you're vulnerable because of the sins of your fathers. And it's wise to acknowledge who you are and who your family is and the kinds of brokenness that you've had. Daniel. In the Bible, in the book of Daniel 9 and 16, O Lord, according to thy righteousness, I beg you, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because of your sins. For the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. So, Again, here you have Nehemiah, Jeremiah, you have Daniel, you have in Isaiah, He's you remember in Isaiah 6, uh, he sees the Lord high and lifts it up and he says, woe is me, I'm a sinful man, I, I'm a man with unclean lips, I dwell among people with unclean lips. So do you see the importance of in prayer, acknowledging that you are from sinful people? And that's where you you begin by humbling yourself in prayer, and acknowledging the sins of your forefathers. Here's a second kind of prayer. It's very powerful in praying against sin. Pray for deliverance. So Jesus said that. Pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. When do you pray for deliverance? Well, you pray for deliverance when you're in the heat of the battle, but it's really a good idea to pray for deliverance before you're exposed to temptation. And So early in the morning, or... When you go to sleep at night or early in the morning, you're beginning the day. Lord, deliver me from evil. Keep me from evil. I don't want to be vulnerable to evil. So protect me against me. Prepare. Be ready. Don't just walk through the woods where the enemy has a tripwire to destroy you or a roadside explosive device or sniper in the woods. Don't walk ignorantly. Pray for deliverance. So pray acknowledging the sin of your forefathers. Pray for deliverance. Another kind of prayer which is very powerful and is all throughout the scripture is, is a loud, desperate prayer, crying out to God in prayer. Pray crying out to God. Psalm fifty fifteen says, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you will glorify me. Psalm fifty five seventeen says, Evening and morning and at noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. I w- remember years ago um, hearing a, a guy give a talk about... That it's possible to have a whole new level of moral purity, and um, he said he talked about Ephesians four twenty seven. You're kind of giving a place to the devil, or you're just allowing Satan to do what he wants to do in your life, and that you and that he, that he talked about the the power of crying out to God for deliverance uh, in desperate prayer, and that uh, and that it opened up a, a new level of moral purity. Well, this is something that I wanted. So that night, after I heard that lecture, it was in Detroit years ago, and I drove across the state. And And I'll save the, the big story for another day. It's a very, very powerful, interesting story of God's work in my life. But I will just say this in a synopsis of it. I spent hours crying out to God in desperate prayer. and And, and God gave me a level of deliverance that I enjoy still to this day. And and though I always pray for more and deeper and a higher experience with God and a deeper deliverance, yet yet I had a whole new level of moral purity that I'd never had before after I cried out to God, and that was a desperate prayer. And so, so far we've talked about acknowledging the sins of our forefathers, that's one kind of prayer, Uh, praying for deliverance, that's another kind of prayer, crying out to God in prayer, desperate prayer, that's another kind of prayer practicing unceasing prayer this is first Thessalonians 5 17 praying without ceasing in which you just think of different ways to pray and talk to God all day every day thanking him for your food praying for a person that you seem that seems troubled praying your cares to God praying your worries to God your anxieties to God when you see someone that maybe irritates you or or that hurts you you turn it into prayer And you just turn everything into prayer, and therefore you pray in an unceasing way. You may have prayer meetings with friends or have a prayer partner or take prayer walks or prayer drives. You may journal your prayers and write them down. You may use things for prayer triggers, like when you see certain things or hear certain things, they always trigger prayer. You intentionally assign uh, maybe a target to to, uh, prayer. So in other words... Let's say every time that you are tempted to immoral thoughts, you stop and you pray for the moral purity of your sons and daughters. Um, Let's say every time that you're tempted to uh, break a rule and rebel against authority, you pray for the teens in your church that they'll be under authority or or something like that. Um, You're attaching prayer targets to temptations Um, but remember that jesus said watch and pray so you don't enter into temptation so it's powerful to pray unceasingly when you're tempted to criticize pray when you're tempted to complain pray when you're tempted to condemn pray when you're tempted to covet pray when your kids do stuff that bugs you pray when your wife does stuff that hurts you or irritates you or neglects you pray this is what we call unceasing prayer <clears throat> and the scriptures commend it and godly men practice it now here's a final one and this is powerfully important and that is make a habit of prayers of continual confession so make a lifelong habit of confessing your sin walking in the light first john 1 7 through 9 is uh, in 7 through 9 there's a parallel between walking in the light and continually confessing your sin so a man who walks in the light is a man who continually confesses his sin. And um, if you walk in darkness, it's like you're not confessing your sin. And you confess your sin as a form of prayer, right? So, So if you want a powerful way to pray, pray confessing your sin. Really a good idea before you go to bed at night, just to have a little inventory as you turn your bed into an altar at night, as you pray on your bed at night. You might have a season of thanksgiving it's a wonderful way to go to sleep at night, just to pray, thanking God for his care for you, for your job, for your loved ones, for the food that you ate today. But then also, Lord, is there anything not pleasing to you in my life? And then immediately as you think of it, Lord, I acknowledge that sin and I ask you to forgive me. I thank you for your cleansing. And I pray tomorrow that you deliver me from that evil. And so, gentlemen, go if you want to go deeper. In fighting against sin, if you want to develop your skill and your craftsmanship in fighting against sin, develop your skill in prayer. Develop your target practice with prayer as a weapon uh, against sin. I got a. We have a guy in our church who's extremely good at taking care of his stuff. He, you know, I imagine he. He's got. We got a couple of guys I'm thinking about. We got a lot of guys like this. But like, if you go to their place, their outbuildings. They have these big outbuildings with with tools and the tools are all in place and they know those tools and they know what they'll do and they know what they won't do and they know exactly how to take care of those tools they they know exactly where to store those tools and they are proficient in the use of those tools and their lives show a proficiency in the use of these tools this is what a man must do you may take great care of your place and you may have amazing skills or athletic abilities or strength but if you don't fight against sin, it can burn your whole life down in a horrifying, uh, horrifying uh, pile of ashes. I hope that's been helpful to you today. Um, these are just some ways to think about prayer. And you might want to take a look online to see the, the, the detailed notes that I'll be making available here in a day or two um, on the first of the six weapons to fight against sin, the six tools to craft a holy life give me some feedback man I'd love to hear from you I'd love it if you drop me an email or text you can find my email address online is ken at kenpierpont.com you can find my phone number to text me and call me if you want to online at kenpierpont.com you can find notes to the podcast here and other podcasts I have a story podcast with 200 stories and then we have the man podcast here with I think we got six or eight episodes maybe six seven episodes now and then we also have an older podcast which is uh, the ken pierpont storytelling podcast on itunes and that has i think 80 including an entire book is 80 episodes so if the podcast is helpful to you there are ways that you can listen to more podcasts if you have feedback or suggestions uh, you might want to let me know some of you might even want to grab your phone record me an audio message that i can uh, maybe share Uh, with other people, but uh, may God bless you uh, in your day today as you seek the Lord, and may all who know you see the glory of God on your face. God bless each of you.